I am so happy and grateful to have a wonderful person join me. Hi, good morning, Pooja. I know you said you're not going to be dancing, so we're just going to just wiggle in the seat, okay? Yeah, yeah. Hi, mother. Hi. Come on. A little bit, please. Just left and right. You can't, you can't hear the song? No, I'm not talking. Oh, you're not heard, huh? different generation, huh? maybe. Okay. Okay, I chose another song actually, then I thought good. Probably you would have that um, you know Indian um, thing, but never. This song you know no? Okay, let's do that. On I just wanted to let go and just dance. Come on. Bigger moments, come on, Pooja. Bigger moments. The whole screen needs to cover you. Okay. I think I also yeah. owe thank you so much for waking up and I owe a lot of great uh, my gratitudes to my uh, mentors who actually are running morning 6.30 a.m. webinars okay I know I, and then 6 o'clock exercises so we are all like like now we have a reason to wake up and we don't wake up we are like hey, you're not I am very grateful to all of them uh, so yeah big shout out to them today as well so yes um Pooja, uh, it has been, uh, it's just a very little time I spoke to you and I understood uh, we have a lot of things and we resonate deeply on many things and uh, I'm so happy and grateful that I was able to see that part of you and thank you so much for showing that. All right. Okay. So uh, I would like to try and uh, share that beautiful, vulnerable Pooja 
to everyone today and um let's see how that goes are you okay with that are you open to that yes sir yes so who is pooja will you tell us who is pooja um so um i'm a mother of two year old uh, daughter so i'm firstly that the proudest thing i would say wow and then um um i'm 24 years old oh. and um so i got married very early to an arranged marriage and then i had my daughter when she was um, two years now mm-hmm. and um currently i'm doing my masters in singapore okay um on management especially not touching Wow. And um, I've also stepped into my family business for a year now. Okay. Um so yeah, this is a you know, short introduction about me. I also run uh, an NGO for uh, one life where we work on uh, spreading awareness on mental health and trying our best to break the stigma attached to it. That's really really commendable and that's really really beautiful. So I'm going to just uh go a little bit deeper okay and i want to like really truly understand exactly why uh, you're so passionate about mental health so for that i think we need to walk back a little bit we have to take you to the childhood perhaps and probably ask you what really happened in childhood as you were growing up see i think you uh, you know after speaking to you i understood that you were a star child right basically over performers all around you know and the pressure could be high so i want to listen from you how was it growing up for you So I think um, coming up from the family, like I said, there's always a pressure, a lot of responsibility that I don't think uh, people we out there understand. They only look at the privileges, but uh, there's a lot of weight on the shoulders, uh, you know, definitely. And uh, a lot is uh, not what expected of me, and not still like expected of me out of my age. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why it turned out to be a bit over my shoulders from my age. I don't know. And uh, I come from a joint family, and uh, You know, uh, I have two sisters and one brother, so I've always been around people. Um, you know, marrying them, handling them, co-living with them of different age groups. So um, I think from childhood, uh, I've been a very, I used to be a very public person. Um, you know, uh, just speaking what I felt like. Uh, you know, speaking and then just being free, not thinking about what others. Just doing my own thing that makes happy, mm-hmm. and liking to make other uh, people around me happy. Mm-hmm. But then there came a phase in my teens where you know, uh, uh, you know, a lot of things were expected out of me, especially the way I looked uh, when I entered my teens. Um, so I think after my puberty, some kind of hormonal balance happened, and you know, I started putting a lot of weight for no reason. So. Um, So I was body shamed a lot by people around me. So every time I go out, because I'm already tall, like and I'm super tall. So the other thing is that you have no control on your height, but you have control on your weight. You need to do something. But I still wonder what made people think that I'm not doing anything to you know take care of my health. Mm. And to be honest, I was healthier back then when I was even fat. Mm. Um, I had super good stamina. Mm. I was able to. Dance, I was able to do Zumba, whatever it is. That I was basically very flexible. Um, my food patterns was not so bad. I wouldn't say it was hundred percent healthy, but it wasn't so bad. But still, I just kept putting on weight. And uh, I think initially it did stop me from doing what I wanted to do. But slowly, because of the society pressure, especially when you're women, you know, a lot is expected out of you, especially when you're a girl. Immediately they say that you know, they're making this whole concept of marriage. And I say no one's gonna like you because um, you know you look this way. And 
you know, dispose this uh, insecurity instantly. And immediately I had that fear, you know, I fell for it. I thought, okay, no one would like me because um, of the way I look. And I uh, I fell into toxic relationship just because the insecurities I had, I felt, you know, it's okay, at least I have someone in life. It's okay, like, you know, that person is accepted me for how I look, so I shouldn't let go of it, even, even though I knew that, you know, relationships were to- toxic for me. So, a um, lot of body changing happened, a lot of uh, heartbreaks, and uh, then I went to the depression because I just felt so lonely. That's the reason I mentioned that I'm from a joint family because people are always around me. Uh, there were people close to my age group, uh, adults, but I always felt lonely because no one understood what I was going through or no one was ready to actually identify why I was like that, but uh, only let you know there's a pinpoint and say that you know, do this, do that, go for this, this treatment. You won't believe I've literally typed everything in this world. I've been to all kinds of traditions, I've been to all kinds of gyms, I've been to, um, you know, all the BSCC touch uh, areas that, you know, they do so many treatments, put, you know, put in your tummy. I've literally tried, I used to cry myself to sleep. But outside, I used to be very normal. Like, if you ask my friends from school or college, they had no idea I was going through this. Because I had no idea this was why I was sad. I just started just sad, and I started deserve to be sad, you know. I shouldn't be happy because the way I looked. So more than what people told me, it got to my head and I suppressed myself more mm. and I loved dancing mm. and I had to stop dancing. I had this fear of getting on stage just because of the way I look, but I know I can do better. I know I can dance really well. So, you know, I restricted myself in a lot of ways mm. to just stay low key and not let people know what I'm doing so that I won't get any kind of judgment or, you know, or things like that. So um, I went, uh, I had uh, eating disorders, um, but after depression, I just stopped eating, but outside people always assumed I eat, mm. and then um, I just loved sleeping. I just didn't want to wake up. I just didn't want my mind to keep feeling all these things. So I just want to shut myself off and always just sleep. I love sleeping. Then, you know, uh, I didn't hang out with my friends much. Uh, so I used to tell them that my parents are strict, so they, they don't send me out. But you know, though that was one of the reasons, but I also just didn't, didn't feel like socializing. Yeah. Yeah, because because I had to dress up, hmm. so if I have to go out. You didn't have that energy to even yeah pull yourself out. Don't feel like bathing, going days yeah. and days without just yeah. Because again, dress don't fit me. So you know, again, every time I go out, like you know, I I pull out all the clothes from the cupboard and just crying, and when I have no of random you know, of three four. The same kurtis for college, everywhere I go out there and just felt like I don't look good, so who cares? And I just, just like I go there and come. But I always wanted to keep people around me happy, so when I'm at college or when I'm outside, I, you know, I make sure that I'm happy, I keep people around me happy. Sometimes even before they say, if I'm not comfortable, I will like, you know, mock myself the way I look and make people laugh for it. Hmm. It was my fault, like, you know, hmm. like, no one intentionally came and spoke to me, but beyond the point, defense mechanism. the society started judging me, and then I accepted me saying that, you know, okay, I'm like this, so um, I deserve to be like this, so instead of people mocking me, let me mock it myself. Yeah. So that's how the whole pattern started. And then I, I told you, like, I stopped, I literally stopped eating, and I lost weight for a very, very unhealthy way because I didn't eat. And then, um, yeah, so, and I started losing it, I was happy, but I didn't get a confidence with the energy back because I didn't lose it in a healthy way. And um, 
Sorry to stop you. Like, what was your heaviest weight that you know you made it feel like it was so big for you? So, what 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 was your heaviest point at that? Uh, do you remember? My weight. Yeah. I think it was hundred and seventy. Hundred and seventy. All right. Yeah. And and then you started not eating, and then how much did you lose after that? I think it was uh, years process of me like with eating disorder and finding myself. I I couldn't sleep properly. I think the least I came um, was seventeen to twenty. Okay, but that was not the healthy way. You recognize that? You know, I mean, uh, beyond the point of this, I was losing weight. I wanted, to, I knew I'm losing weight. Okay. Uh, at a point that I wanted to make effort to lose weight. Okay. And so through this process, I was shifting, I was dieting, but the main push for the weight loss was not the work I did. Mm. But the work I used to do, like just not eating, mm. helped me. Mm. Mm. But again, it's not good. Like I, I used to have very bad dark circles. I, I looked very sick. Like just everything turned my face and very sick, and mm. you know all that. So um, I I looked very bad. Like even now, like you know, my hemoglobin levels are very low. It's not that I'm fat. It's actually I'm pale. So I'm still working on it. I'm like taking a lot of supplements. See, the effect is still there. Mm. Mm. But um. That, that, like you know, there was a point of realization after my therapy because I gained weight again after my therapy. But now, like, not even a person that I care. Like, I'm like, it's okay. Like, you know, I've given birth to a, a human, and, and I think that's the biggest achievement for me. And to get here, I think therapy actually helped me even before I got into depression or you know, fell for the body shaming. So uh, now I'm like, I'm not making much effort. So it's like you know, it's okay. I'm, I'm trying to eat. Consciousness, much as much as possible. Again, not hundred percent healthy. I do indulge in that, you know, that stuff, you know that. But I'm just trying to get better and taking my own time for it. This is very very proud of you to share this. But you know what? I want to tell you, Pooja, you are doing really really well. Okay, I want you. I'm I'm sure you have worked through the years, through you know fighting this thing. You know, it's not just. The outer voice, the inner voice, is the sometimes the voice that yeah. we need to really quieten, and sometimes that becomes so loud, so dominant, where you want to fight it and say, "Hey, shut up!" Right? But you can't; it overpowers you. Now, I want to commend yeah. you, and I want to congratulate you for you know fighting that voice within, and you know evolving, and not just evolving. Right now, you're being that voice. So big, so loud, so that this voice, you know, although it comes up momentarily, it knows where to go back again, you know, and that's yeah. really, really beautiful. All right, so let's talk about um, the different uh, forms of uh, healing modalities. Oh no, before to that, right? I want to take a little bit of moment. I think gratitude is extremely important and transformational in everyone's life. Now, I wanted, uh, I wanted you to take through this process where. Um, you know who were there, even though despite you were going through this mess, although a lot of people may seem like they couldn't relate to you or you couldn't relate, I'm very sure there were some people who understood that journey that you're going through and they stuck by you and gave you that hope. So today I wanted to take this moment to just say thank you with your open heart and say, you know what, thank you for believing in me because through you I'm be able to do whatever I can do. Go ahead. I think. Um very strongly with my mother first mm-hmm. because uh, she also went uh, through a lot of pressure because people used to like you know randomly call her or every time she called they give tips for her saying that why don't you do this for your daughter to help her lose weight mm-hmm. or you know why aren't you uh, 
happened with my father as well, but he used to be very strict about us and he, he constantly tried pushing us to do more. Mm-hmm. But beyond a point, it was exhausting and I wouldn't blame him because again, he was also under a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen him as like, not seen speaking, uh, people speaking to him about the way they looked and it did get to his head. I think he was a human. Uh, but my mother, the same thing happened to her, but then she was a bit empathetic and she was a bit more empathetic than my father to me. Mm. So, um, I think that was the kind of support I needed back then. And my sister, because uh, even my sister went through some other thing, it both of us were bad. So I think both of us, most of the times, you know, we used to cry together and we be like, okay, fine, let's go, come. Mm. But she had her own battles that I didn't, you know, um, you know, get into and try to help her out because even I had sleep, my plate is full, so I think my sister is another uh, biggest support that you know, when we fell down, both of us would be like, okay, come, let's go, so there's another choice to take it. And um, I think uh, the second thing is, back when I was going to a nutritionist, her name is Dr. Kausilya, when she was more than a nutritionist to me, uh, you know, but she was the person who identified I was going into depression, but she didn't like, you know, want, like, you know, to scare me, but she used to have sessions with my mom, Mm. to tell her what I felt mm. and I she made me feel so comfortable that she was the only person that I would discuss how I feel rather than saying I just want to lose weight or I used to tell her about situations or incidents that happened around me and okay, she was kind of like a therapist for me back then with that which I didn't know but uh, she helped me a lot throughout the whole process throughout the whole year and she still in touch with me um, you know checking on me once in a while I think those are things that are very very important and one of the most close friends I think she was also the biggest support during the journey because she understood more than girls okay, looking fat and then whatever is happening. She understood what I was going through eternity and every conversation we had was so meaningful and so, so much helpful for me. You know, because there was a point where I had suicidal thoughts. There was a point where I did try and commit suicide uh, because, of, because I uh, blamed myself for a lot of things uh, and I thought everything was because of the way I looked. And I thought this is something I cannot control. Um, so I thought probably my, uh, you know, taking my life out would be an answer that would still happen to everyone, including me, so that I could stop feeling this way. Um, and I, I tried and I survived. And that was worse because yeah. I saw what my family went through. I think that was worse. And uh, I think that that was the moment I just decided, you know, no matter what happens, it happens to me, no matter what. For some reason, I'm here. I don't know what. For some reason, God has put me in this family and He's making me go through things. I just need to try and fight out and just trying to escape. I think my life is not a solution. But the thing here is this clarity only that at that moment of you know, your life. Yeah. You just think that is the best solution you have. But since, you know, I survived out of it, that was even worse for me. I mean, I feel guilty about it even to say it. But wow, you know what, Um, you are 24 years old, uh, Pooja, you know, and look at the depth of conversation you're having today, alright, not many people at this age has the ability to even discern certain things right now you're saying, and for you to have gone that path, okay, and you know what, Um, there's this a great book that I want to suggest to you, I just recently read it, and uh, it it's about Oprah, what I know for sure, so all her life, all right, Oprah had eating disorders, she 
all her life although she was like the queen everybody looked her like she's unshakable right still she had this weight um, issues that she felt she was not enough you know she would eat herself to sleep sometimes so and 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 there is so um, you see I, i can see a lot of um, similarities even me i have always had weight issues but i think this is trying to teach us something bigger you know and there's a bigger purpose out of it and as you come through and you go through that journey sometimes some people are made different to be different and make a difference and that's something that i want to offer to you today you know thank you yeah you are I mean, like you said you know uh, people assume that uh, everything is perfect with the person um but they have all kind of wealth and fame and money like they assume uh, your mental health or happiness is equal to all this wealth and all this other category but that's not the case because the same thing happened to me people assume that i was happy because i had everything though i was so lonely like so so lonely with so many people around me yeah. i mean that's the worst feeling i would say or the main reason why i took this very very seriously is because i know how it feels and i still cannot put those into words because that's how horrific it was like you know even now when i talk about days that i went into depression i mean it's, it's i i would say uh, you know even the worst enemy should go through this no matter what yeah. and uh, yeah so i mean there's a lot of misconceptions compared like on so i just feel uh, people from a, like you know better background in terms of wealth or money they don't even get an opportunity to be asked if they don't good or not because people assume that they anyway good because they have everything yeah. like you know they can afford to do whatever they want because they have money but i don't think that's the case money cannot literally get you anything like we say as words that money cannot get you everything but this aspect of the happiness that a person needs i know it's subjective but it you cannot just get everything literally because you have money or fame or wealth or whatever yeah. as the reason we see not you know even in the recent times it happened with the actors in bollywood and lot of business uh, people like you know uh, and their lives and that's something i think people should you know start thinking about and not assume that you know mental health and mental illness is for everyone it is to age and again age wise people think youngsters it's just a phase they be over it so you know but that's not the case you just need to keep checking on people every like you know now and then rather just assuming that you know it's okay it's just a phase it's like that's very very true and i also always i i feel very deeply about mental health as well because i come from a family where we have women who have committed suicide I, i've lost an auntie who have burnt herself and you know and my mom um, also have things so one of my biggest fear in my life is that i'm going to go insane okay and that is a scary feeling to have that's really a scary feeling and i don't want my children or you know anyone around me to go through the agony that i had to go through as i was going up because just because they couldn't control or you know handle themselves who becomes the immediate direct effect is the people around right so and and i understand and i empathize with the person who's going through this but unless and until that person makes a conscious choice to become better what only can the surroundings do we can offer help and we can do this but the the wantingness or the willingness of the person to change or even become better it's truly in that person and everyone chemically we are different you know we don't produce the same kind of neurotransmitters everyone else does so what may seem small to you may seem so deep and intense for another person and they cannot cope with it 
so it is a real thing that i am also trying to understand and help as many people going forward and i you know and and that's exactly one of the reasons why i'm so passionate about mental health and i think there needs to be so much light shed and spoken about how many people on a daily basis are committing suicide and this is preventable okay this is completely preventable the amount of money and the media which is being shed on i'm not underplaying or undermining what's happening with the pandemic but just look at how much of attention is shifted towards that but hey why not talk a little bit more about these things that you know what people really need support groups and a lot of people sometimes can't afford to go to support groups and even if they can afford there is no a proper formally uh, formalized way to guide them they don't know where to go they are already lost who is going to guide them at that point so there is no structure in system is something that i truly passionately believe and i think it's nice that all of us are starting to speak about it and soon hopefully we create more awareness in that way area so definitely there's uh, like you said i think there's a lot of change but we still definitely need more and this is not enough because um i mean the conditions mentally has to slowly pick up now which what i see now but uh, there is still a lot of stigma that's to it in terms of um, taking therapy for example yeah uh, people still find it really that you know uh, to be honest they just think it's really stupid to just go and sit to a, a professional mm-hmm. and just talk to them about your problems and they think like how that is going to work out for you mm-hmm. i mean uh, recently uh, one of the friends who runs another uh, operation so they had uh, you know a client with another personality and the question that was asked was you know Uh, who uh, better than your parents can actually guide you in life? Like, I mean, I don't think what's the point of going to like you know therapy. I still don't understand why it's so much therapy. I was shocked. <laughs> I, I was like, okay, <laughs> because that's not how it works. Like, they know how to convince you. They know how to like you know get you out of the process. I mean, I like for a fact I like uh, you know I can just swear on therapy because of uh, following. uh it just been for like past 7 8 months hmm. uh you know uh and now i'm not in like you know any form of depression but i still go to therapy so that i don't want to get there yeah. and then you know feel horrific and all that but it really helped me a lot i mean most of the things that my therapist said yeah. were the things that my mom told me but it, the way it was communicated was completely different and it, they know how to connect you you know uh they let you speak and you know it's not going to be judged yeah. you know the same place and yeah. then you open up and then they say okay now i know what you're going through but yeah. i think this is best for you it it makes more sense rather than just someone coming and saying you know this is how you need to be yeah absolutely thank absolutely you, wow thank you so much <laughs> right i think yeah that's very very true the moment we feel heard right i think the moment once a person starts talking and they feel heard then itself the healing happens now what happens usually when you try to speak to people who are around you they have known you for a long time so sometimes what happens is that you don't get to finish your sentences they start to give their uh, very own uh, understanding towards how this should be coped and everything so i think what re- really is necessary is truthfully just allowing yourself to be speaking out whatever that you feel you know sometimes whatever we feel inside may not be in line with what we really really believe in initially but even right. that has to come out 
unless and until it comes out all the toxic needs to come out then only the channel will be clear and then only the divine can flow so you need to go and purge it out somewhere and that purging shouldn't affect that person or hurt that person and when we are doing this purging when we do it to our family members what happens they take it personally and then it becomes a whole you know turmoil of things so i think it's so necessary and important to seek therapy you know in whichever way so the Absolutely. different types of therapy works right so um some of the therapies that you want to probably talk about the different modalities of therapies i am in a lot of session forms which i'm talking to you guys about our therapy drama therapy you know there are so many things uh but i just went to a normal psychologist who talked me through all of the process mm-hmm. so i was talking to you about the depression phase that i had in my teens right mm-hmm. so back then i didn't go to a proper therapist but the nutritionist was there to support me yeah but after i had my daughter again went to a form of depression but it was not postpartum okay. depression i just kind of started having a lot of uh, here and trying to settle in with the family and so many problems are happening around me and i again uh, you know went to depression and again had to settle thoughts okay. but this time i wanted to keep myself and my daughter because i don't want to get in the society so much pressure because again when your mother so much things expected and they, uh, i just feel that you know i was not uh, let to live my life the way i want i just want to be free and explore but You know, people say all the concerns, say that you know, you need to do certain things that your family says, your sister, daughter says. But I'm like, I just want to try and experience it, and then know if it's safe or not for me. Like the basic choices we make, I think from the feeding process, from the way I eat, uh, from the things I do to take care of my pregnancy. My mom again gave me a lot of freedom. Like I, I literally did nothing. I didn't go for any walking. I didn't do anything. I'm not suggesting that it's a good thing, but it just made me happy. She gave me that space, but. She was the only person who gave me that space. Like I said, I'm from a joint family, yeah. and I need to answer to so many people. I cannot just like just walk up when someone is saying, and you know, so so many things happened to me, and I just couldn't take it beyond a point. And but this time I understood that I was going through something, and and I needed help because uh, I have a you know I have a human who is hundred percent dependent on me, and I need to be responsible. Like not let those emotions take on, and then. um you know sit and take my own time to get out of it so i said i just wanted to prevent before it was serious uh but again like uh this time my mom suggested therapy and first i was not like you know okay with it i assumed that therapy was for you know extremely mentally uh mentally ill people so i said no and again i was pushed to a point where i had no other choice and then You know, I think probably it was the universe obeying the you know blessings that like yes. put me in this way, and that's when I was introduced to this whole concept of uh, mental health therapy and all that. So the discussions I had with my doctor, the uh, the whole process of you know getting better, mm. which I experienced, made me uh, feel the power of therapy. So I think that's that's the whole reason I started doing what I'm doing now, and I had conversations about it. Uh, You know, uh, with a lot of people around me, with my friends, my family, my relatives, saying that you know, I've been to therapy and it's helping me a lot. And immediately they're like, "Oh my God, I didn't see this. Like, when you talk to a stranger about your problems, like you're saying that it's helping you." Probably it's kind of uh, you know, interesting that you think because you know, like you know, going there for help, just talking will make you assume that you're getting help. So, and you're from your family, why do you want to let your family down when you like you know, uh, uh, share what you're going through? And that's not right. I was like, guys, see, I'm alive today because I got help. Otherwise, I don't know how I would have passed those emotions. 
So yeah. that's the reason I started. I, I also understood a lot of stigma attached to it. Though people still, like, you know, they're slowly constantly building up about mental health. It's a long way to go. There's a lot of small, small stigma attached here and there. Mm-hmm. And like you said, people don't know where to reach out for help. And, uh, you know, and for example, people used to work depression easily. Yeah. No, if they say they just say I'm depressed. Hmm. So the word depression is so intense that you you actually get this type of saying, you know, okay, I'm depressed and, and like this and like that. But uh, that kind of awareness of what depression is, what anxiety is, what stress is. So you know, we yeah. are starting from the roots yeah. to create an awareness of what everything is, and it's not a joke to just like say that you know and like that, you know, and then. Uh, we the first event that we did uh, in Nigeria, I would like to talk to you about that. Yes, just give me so a second. First, so, uh, a few of them have a question. I'll, I'll suggest that put it in the question box. All right, put it in the question box. We will address that as we finish our whatever that we need to share. So, Arjuna, please put your questions in the question box. We'll take it up later. Yes, go ahead. Please tell us what have you been doing with the One Life. Um, the first incident that I wanted to share with you was uh, we did an awareness on suicide prevention. Okay. That was the first, first event that I did after I started the NGO. Beautiful. So what we thought is let's just a group of youngsters. We just wore uh, you know uh, the t-shirts with our logos and we just wanted to go out, uh-huh. talk to youngsters okay. or people around that to ask what they felt about the word suicide or if they have been through any experience like you said, you know, mm. someone around them they know or something like that. Mm. that uh, we spent a whole evening, I think for solid five hours to six hours where we split into group, we recorded the conversation asking if they were okay or not. Mm-hmm. Most of the people were literally joking about it. You know, they were like, my problem these were the majority of you know the reactions there were people who you know who so seen people around them going through uh, depression or you know someone who's committed uh, like you know suicide in their family but um, I mean yeah the terms like depression and suicide you know I tend to say uh, like, you know they say it as a common term but I don't think it should be normalized to that extent but the seriousness of what they are saying or saying because Sometimes that might trigger someone who's going through something. Like I said, you know, when I was going through depression, no one around me knew who I was going through. Mm. And even before I committed suicide, even before I thought of ending my life, it was a long process for me to get there. I had to stop for a very, very long time. Mm. But beyond the point, I felt, okay, let's, let me do it. So random then I just felt, let me do it. It's, it's better rather than handling, you know, so what's going on with me. I think it's better than my life. So some, probably if someone would have, you know, joked about it. Actually, after I got out of it, people around me actually joked about it to me and I didn't know how it made me feel. My friends thought like joking about it would just be casual. They still do at times. My school friends, they still do, um, you know, joke about it. But uh, it just, it's traumatic for me as well, you know. Very, and, very, very traumatic. And especially yeah. when you have gone and, you know, that, that image keeps playing. Oh my God, I did that. You know, where was I? Where... How can I not identify with who I am? And what thoughts came into me at that point, which allowed me or even triggered me to go, where was I? How how far away from me was I, you know? Because I don't think the most or in, in, in fact, the soul doesn't want to go away. But it's just the confusion, the madness which is going around, the confusion which happens within us, right? And we can't 
we can't control it it's just too scary for us to deal with it all and i want to talk about uh, something which i think which is very important some people in our life right they will come into our life and they will actually listen to our story okay telling us that they are our friends to a great extent yeah we will we will also be sharing and we will be very truthfully sharing you know to a great extent if most of them just listen and not judge it's great because you know what everyone who's going through is going through their very own personal journey some people add on to the anguish that you already have you know and kind of propel you i think these are the type of people you need to constantly remind yourself you know what maybe these people are not very good for my mental health because i am looking for an outlet not really to bring everyone down but hello i am suffering and i don't know how else to and sometimes the type of people we need to speak to we have to be very aware of because they kind of even give you uh, add on to things ama avanga ipdi da ipdi da you know so these are the people you have to be aware of and you know you must recognize hmm, maybe this is not doing me so much of good to actually share maybe this person if doesn't have the ability to even uh, deal with this professionally so uh, that is something that i want to tell all of you as, as you're going through this healing journey yes you need to speak out to people you definitely need to speak there's the only way you will heal but speak to the people who are truthfully there who wants the best for you yeah i think to get that uh, okay i think uh, you need to be empathetic for yourself yeah and i don't think anyone in this world can be there for you as than yourself right. so we need to learn to be kind to ourselves we need to forgive uh, you know because like you said after the things i did i was in the phase where i was so guilty about it that you know i saw letting down my parents i saw how my you know like you said when your sister you know uh, took that test it, it was traumatic for you to think the same thing happened to my siblings would have happened to my siblings when they heard that you know i did something to end my life so i i uh, a lot of time i was very very guilty i was very hurt and Uh, that hurt me more than uh, you know adding on to the depression. But I think uh, uh, the recent therapies that I've been taking, uh, one main thing that they helped me, the my uh, you know therapist helped me understand is uh, we need to first I need to forgive myself for what I did, yeah. and then the process starts there. Yeah. The problem my family would have forgiven me, or probably they would have understood what I was going through. But it took me a long time, like more than ten years now. to actually I'm not tenured but yeah 6 7 years to me to actually understand why I did it and forgive like you know forgive that it's okay like you know it was just a part of that meditation yeah. I was going through a lot of things so you know that's a very very uh, important starting point to start with and then the second thing uh, is like you said I changed to lot of my friends and networks and um uh, understanding what to speak and what not to speak and to whom to speak because um not everyone can be as supportive as a mental health professional yeah. so rather than finding that because like you said everyone is going through some form of battle mm. right so probably i may be overburdening someone who is fighting their own battle so yeah. there are people who are professionally trained for this to help you out who knows how to handle with their problems and it's there for you like you know they have to be also why not make use of them yeah. that's i think that's the main thing that i'm trying to say beautiful 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 very nice okay uh i actually have a lot of things planned for you okay uh there are a couple of questions uh shall we would take them quickly uh before i move to the next uh thing all right um so archana saying that she tries not to watch the news she thinks uh god is keeping her in a good place 
but she feels so small about the world. Nothing I can do about the injustice for them. But I am scared of the future of my children. I immediately thought I should teach the people around me control the emotion because people with power and position play with emotions only. Is there a way to control our emotions in the right way uh, rather than just ignoring the news? Please help. Oh, okay, you share your thoughts first and I will share mine. <laughs> okay, um, I think I, I, I've been through the same case, especially after I had my daughter. I think um, soon after I had her, I think there was some case happening around some um, rape, some bad bad no, of the close family member rape the child. So just very, very, it happened somewhere. When I read it, I just related that what if this happens to my daughter? Oh my God, like, you know, what have I done? Like, I've get, uh, you know, full entire life I'm going to have this fear because I have a girl child. But um, again, like this was something I discussed with my therapist and she said like, you know, everything that happens around the world is not guaranteed that it's going to happen to you. Yeah. You've been a... So, uh, stop thinking about the things that you cannot control. These are things beyond our discussion, beyond, you know, what we can do. We can raise our voice, we can talk about it, uh, we can create awareness about it. But like what Ashna said, it starts from the family. It starts from you being a parent and rooting those thoughts with your children. Mm -hmm. So start, start very young. The only thing we can do is have conversations about it, uh, teach safety for both guys and girls. We assume that these things happen only to girls, but there are a lot of boys who pose so much pressure to that like uh, Teenagers or men who have grown up, we think they can, you know, handle themselves, but a lot of people don't voice it about what they're going through. And sexual harassment happens for so many reasons. And I would say don't think too much about things that are beyond your control. But to keep your family and your surroundings safe, start from your family, start from you. Yeah. So have conversation about it. Beautiful. Understand what, why you feel that way. Because uh, for me personally, that one particular incident, uh, you know, took a very big impact on me because uh, I think uh, I wanted to talk about this for a very, very long time and I think I want to use this story to talk about it because I've been, I've been through uh, sexual harassment in my life. I've been sexually abused. Okay. So I think of all the cases, that particular case was very, very strong to me and uh, even the Nidhya case that happened, uh, you know, 10 years back, mm. I cried so much. I had no idea why I was crying. I just, uh, you know, put myself there to understand what that girl must have gone through. Mm. And of all the injustices happening in our society, any news that I hear about any kind of sexual abuse or uh, rape cases, it immediately, like, you know, I just get frozen. I just think that, you know, I'm that, you know, I was that particular person going through the same kind of trauma. That's because of what happened to me. So, Again, because I need to like, you know, forgive myself for what happened because I just felt uh, at a point that I just let that happen to me rather than not trying to like, you know, defend it. I mean, so many thoughts, you know, happened. And to put it out loud, it took a long time for me, you know, when I started, when I, when I slowly became, uh, you know, uh, sharing my stories and becoming possible. Uh, this was something I wanted to talk for a very, very long time, but uh, I'm just using this forum now where I just need to work on a lot of things to actually put it out in open because no, I am going to I'm going to remind me to send you a podcast I really need to just, uh, listen to a podcast it's a conversation between Oprah and if I'm not mistaken Lady Gaga uh, or someone okay I, I'm going to send you that podcast I would like you to listen to it and you see how um, that person who was a absolute celebrity okay had uh, to go through this story and how that story actually became 
uh, such a healing for a lot of people. So yeah, remind me to do that. And um, thank you so much for sharing that. Like my perspective, truthfully, okay, when uh, Archana said this, I didn't even know about this case happen. So that is how shut out I am from the world. Truthfully, I am, I know I get affected and I, if I read it, I get affected. I don't read, I have stopped reading newspapers for more than 10 years now. I don't know what's happening in this world and I'm perfectly fine. Trust me, I am okay. There is nothing that I'm, I, for me, it works because I don't need to know that I'm not doing stock markets. So I shut off things that does not resonate with me. If this is not adding value to me, I'm not. That same amount of time I put in something else that grows me. I think that is what helps me. Because a lot of people read the news and they don't get affected. So that is probably for them. But for me, I yeah. can't. So if you are a person whom you feel that you are affected greatly by certain news, shut it out first. Why do you need that? Even you yourself have to process so many things. Now you want to process other things. Why? Deal with yourself first, then deal with but others. That I have no idea about how many corona cases are there in India. Yeah, how many so. cases are there in Tamil Nadu. Um, and I constantly told my family and uh, friends saying I don't forward any messages related to corona and groups that I'm there. No one has conversations, you have conversations every day. Yeah. If you're calling me, don't talk to me about and, corona. You know, fun you have in quarantine and all that. But okay, like don't mention the word quarantine if you just say I'm at home, so we, you know, yeah. for so many hours and we don't say like that. That's like, I mean, that's an amazing point, you know, yeah. like to just shut up things that are making your answers stressful. Because these are things beyond our control. We cannot let you know. Yeah. We can voice out, we can try to bring a change, but if it's affecting you mentally, if it's creating a stress for you, I don't think because there's anyway last and last for people outside. So Okay, See, for like for me, I choose constantly, like what she's saying, it's all over the social media. I, until today, like what you're saying, if I really need to know about something, some way or other, it will come in a conversation. Like today, I, I understood that something had happened. But unless and until you keep following things about this, and if you really go, once you see something that it's disturbing and you keep clicking and clicking and clicking you know because we are obsessive what we click and click and we will try to uh, do so sometimes you have to just choose to scroll and you know do what works for you now let's get back to the more happier things okay now i want to ask you what are your five self-love rituals that you follow puja um like i said uh, now i'm consciously uh practicing to be kind uh, to myself uh, not trying to push myself hard um, not falling to society pressure, I think that's very, I'm doing it consciously for myself. So I think that's a very, very big step that I took. And um, uh, I've learned to appreciate myself more than anyone else. Yeah. Because that's one thing that women go through. Right? We expect people around us to appreciate for everything that we do because we put in a lot of effort to take care of our family, um, our children, um, you know, everyone around us. So we are good at multitasking. We still don't expect you know, observations here and there to support us. Yeah. But uh, honestly, uh, only you know how much work you're putting in to take care of, uh, you know, to handle your things. That I think you need to take that step of appreciating you. I, I mean, when I started doing it, I said I still do it, you know, today. I'm mean, getting up early, not early, but I got up at 7 48. I don't know if you do for me till now, but I keep appreciating the whole day. Like, good, like, yeah, I got up even before my alarm done. So, yeah. Good man, that's good. Job, good job, good job. Very nice, very nice. Okay. I mean, like, you need to learn to appreciate the little things that we do so that we don't feel that we're not being accepted or appreciated. 
So I think and uh, I just started following my heart. You know, I want to do something. I'm just doing it blindly. I'm not listening or getting opinions from others. Mm-hmm. Even if people are giving, obviously people will come judging to give your opinions. Mm-hmm. I'm just shutting my ears. Even for the work I do for my show, people feel it's too early for me or uh, it's too much for me to talk. And having a child, I think it's better to you know focus, spend time on your family rather than thinking about others. There's so many people to like you know uh, help them out, but. This makes me happy, you know. Though I'm helping people out, tell the selfish reason behind it. Because I'm able to do a lot of research on mental health, and I'm trying to be conscious about the way I feel, and you know, I think more responsible because I, because this is what I'm working on. So Correct. I need to with whatever I preach, I need to be uh, significantly things that I follow. Yeah. So that is personally. That is a very intelligent very way of actually handling the only way that we actually can. become what is it that we are really fearful right it's staring right at it and we advocate it so then right we have no choice we have already formed a army around us like hey if you tip a bit right people are on catchers so that has been my defense mechanism because i have been that person where when i get something really scary or something happens i run away all right i run away and i silent and I become quiet and i don't want people to reach me So what I've understood over the years is that right yes I sometimes need to retract and I have to really go back into my shell but that really uh, it's a very important time for me to heal but guess what I also have my armies which I already have set last time I didn't have now uh, I told hey you know what I have this tendency to you know really go back so if you don't see me on social media for more than a week if you know that I'm not doing something come check on me i may not have the ability to come and tell you i am depressed come and check so yeah. when you tell people that you know what i am not probably not well come look for me then you you have your support system going so it's okay to tell people you need help sometimes and i think it's very beautiful yeah. and vulnerable you open right so it's very very nice okay uh, so did you give me five rituals you just said appreciate tell me that 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 Uh, appreciate. Be kind to yourself. Yes. Be empathetic for yourself. Okay. And just do whatever your heart says. It, you know. Okay. And another important thing that I learned is to learn to say no. Ah, that's really, it's really very, 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 very important. Learn to say no with grace, so that you don't break relationships. Mm. But you need to say no at places where you have to say no. Sure. That was something I was very bad at. I used to keep doing whatever people expect me to do because. I just didn't know how to say no. I just didn't know how to say I'm like, no, I'm comfortable with this. Okay. But now I think that's a very another very very important thing that's helped me, you know, throughout the process. Okay. I wouldn't directly go say no, but I yeah, I think there is a a, a skill that. that I think because as we go through this process of unworthiness, by only saying yes, we will feel like okay, we can make them happy. So we yeah. become a yes pleaser. You know, we want to just say yes yeah. to everything. So the moment you realize your self worth, and you don't realize that 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 person or that uh, that space doesn't require your energy. Sometimes you have to say no very gracefully. Yeah. Gracefully, you have to tell no. Yeah, yeah that is sure. beautiful. Now, three books that you drew a lot of strength from and recommend people to read. Um, I think the secret. Ah, oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm reading Becoming now, and it's so far been very very inspiring for me. Ah, Becoming Me by uh Michelle Obama. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Nice one. And. Um, Uh, during the quarantine, I just read this book called Think and Grow Rich. Oh, Napoleon Hill, beautiful. It's so that it's, it's an amazing book. It's a Bible. Uh, I love uh, 
uh, I'm not a book person, but I love reading about experiences of people. That's the reason if you see all these three books are about yeah. personal experiences. So that way, uh, and this book is about a lot of experiences of different different people to understand, you know. So it it was amazing, so inspirational. Like you know, so many stories that we didn't imagine that happened for them to be there where they are. So beautiful. I actually have a book club where we actually see uh, talk about the. think and grow rich a book you know we week on a we meet on a, a weekly basis and we just go through and just share perspective so nice that you mentioned that uh, very very nice great book i everybody should read that book okay now um yeah. and advice which was given to you by someone who you really look up to and you really really treasure it deeply i think it's my dad like my dad um talks a lot gives a lot of advices uh everything was so inspirational for me but this talk You know, mm-hmm. hard. I say, if you are in this world, it's just for purpose, and that purpose is not just for yourself, but for at least people around you. Mm-hmm. So you need to be very, very responsible that everything you do, everything you say. So you know, it should start from your within that you have this responsibility, responsibility, and you just cannot. Because I told you the other day that uh, this time I decided to like, take therapy because uh, I have a second because my child and I need to be there for her. But that's one thing he told me. You know, you the moment you're born, you need to know that you are like you know responsible for so many things around you. You are responsible for how I feel as a father. You are responsible for how your mother feels, how your family feels. So have a responsibility. I'm not saying that you know be too hard on yourself. But taking hundred percent responsibilities of our yeah. choices, action, and everything that we do yeah. is something that and we do for people. Like he said, be what you're doing is good, but. Uh, That responsibility should always be there. It shouldn't end at a point of time. Mm-hmm. You know that's one thing. And uh, I ask him another thing that you know when you're going through a lot in terms of business or family, you know what I ask him what was his go-to uh, line or something that made him feel good. Uh, this line that he said from a song said, "Ona kum kile irubavat kori." Yeah. That doesn't mean uh, about the wealth or anything. Yeah. It means a lot of people are in need of so many things, yeah. and you just need to learn to be grateful and be there for them. True. You know, rather than thinking about few problems you have. I mean, these two things that struck me really hard out of all the I mean, lots and lots of advices that he gave me. I think these two uh, advices are things that I can trust in, and you know. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that is also an advice to the all of us, and I think I going to remember. Yenakum kela irkavar kodi pere, and that is so truthful. So many people do not have the opportunity and the ability to do what I am doing right now. So kaga baka puja baka. We got a we got a lot of things to do in world, right? Okay, that's coming to my next question. Tell me five of your bucket list puja. Things out of my bucket list. Five of my bucket list. Mm. I don't. <laughs> I just want to like travel around the world and uh, uh, mainly to experience different form of food because I love food. So clarity, okay. Uh, my my mentor Pooja Pune always speaks about clarity, okay. So clarity gives you a lot of power. So you tell exactly. I want to go to Paris and eat this. That means like boom, you know. You immediately do that. So I know. It can be done. So, just think of five random things that you want to put on your bucket list right now. Um. Okay, this might sound silly, but I want to travel somewhere far in business class with my mind. Like, you know, I want to spend that ticket for yeah. me, and then for me and my family, like my parents, 
me, my husband, my daughter, my siblings, everyone. Um, you know, and I want to be successful then. You know, this is what. You know what? Twenty twenty four years, so you're definitely going to do it. And you know what? When that happens, you please let me know. Kathika, you know what? I've yeah. done. I've picked mm-hmm. one thing out of my bucket list. That's going to happen super soon. I'm very sure. Anything else that's coming up? Um, I don't can't think about anything quickly. I want to take um, uh, you know, I love Raja and Shobha for some reason. I think we have some kind of connection in my past uh, life. I don't know. Super done. I will just pause this and we'll come again live. Super. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs>